God's guaranteed plan for you is to have all-round success. Therefore, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You are invited as you listen to the senior pastor, Daystar Christian Center, Pastor Sam Adeyemi. towards or for the vision. God makes provision for his visions. Now, in this that we have a clearly defined vision. Our vision statement is to raise role models in the society. This is the place where God is raising leaders in our society. This is the place where God is modeling success in our society. In our society, success is different, uh, defined in different ways. But God has his definition of success. And it's that you should discover the purpose and plan for your, of God for your life and fulfill that plan and purpose. In Daystar, we help you discover God's plan and purpose for your life. In Daystar, we help you discover God's investments in your life. In Daystar, we help you to realize how to fulfill your destiny, release your potentials, maximize yourself in life, be fulfilled in life. How are we going to raise role models in Daystar Christian Center? God's given us a strategy, a process for raising the role models we talk about. You see, the vision of Daystar is strategic in our society because our society does not have role models. We don't have heroes. Because of the level of deprivation in our society, we equate success with accumulating material things. And our society depreciated to the point where we just did not care where they got the money or, the, or, or whatever from. We celebrated anybody who had it. Even the expectation of our society is terrible on people who occupy leadership positions. There is no way our leaders can meet the expectations of society, the expectations of their own villages and towns without stealing. And we don't care. But... In this dark Christian center, God wants us to define success for our society. He wants to raise leaders because everything rises and falls on leadership. Our strategy for getting people into the church and turning them into the role models is what we call the Daystar Academy. Our number one role model is Jesus Christ. The most successful being that ever lived on the face of the earth. His life sent a message. It's not how long, it's how well. The success of your life is not measured by its duration, it's measured by its donation. God has not designed for anybody to live this life the way they met it. Hallelujah. In Daystar Academy, we teach, we train, we inform. We form. Jesus said, follow me. I will make you. Through Daystar Academy, Jesus is changing lives. Turning people into role models. Our educational system has been designed to train the human mind. But the core of the being of every person is their spirit, their heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence. Out of it are the forces or issues of life. 
Therefore, Daystar Academy is the school where you train your spirit, train your heart to be a role model, to be a success in life. Our training is at four levels. We've designed it like a higher institution. Four levels. We have our 100-level classes, 200-level, 300-level, 400-level. The 100-level we call the membership class. Ten classes. Our courses are coded MS101 right down to MS110. At the end of the membership class, we teach you the basics. You know, in the membership class, we teach you the basics about a Christian life. And then the last two classes are about Daystar Christian Center, the vision, the mission, our, our faith statements, our value statements, our strategy in Daystar. And then we give you an opportunity. If this church looks like the one that you think will help you move on to your destiny, then we ask you to make a decision to be a member of Daystar Christian Center. 200 level class, we call it the maturity class. Another 10 classes, MS201 to MS210. We teach simply things that will help us cultivate habits that will ensure that we grow spiritually. Because the same way we've grown physically is the same way we need to grow spiritually to maximize our spiritual potentials. MS, sorry. Okay, I said MS, it's DGA, 201 to 210. And then the 300-level class we call the ministry class, five classes. We call our ministry class the Daystar Advanced Training Academy. And that's where we teach you about the gifts of God in your life, how to serve God, how to maximize your spiritual gifts, how to be a blessing to the society. Data one, data 301 to 305. And then the last class, 400 level, Evangelism and Missions. EMS 401 to 405. How do you take everything God has invested in you to bless the world out there that is heading towards a godless eternity? People are sliding into hell every minute. That's not God's purpose and plan. God created hell for the devil, not for human beings. And now God can use you with your training to bring other people into the body of Christ so they can become role models. I want to encourage, if you want the ministry of Daystar Christian Center to bless you, be part of Daystar Academy. We have currently the 100 level and 200 level classes holding. In another four weeks, we'll be starting another 100 level class. Daystar Christian Center's ministry will touch Africa. God's not really called us to build a denomination. He's called us to build a center that he would use to bring revival to the whole of Africa. And we're just setting about the assignment. This church will bless the city. This church will bless this nation. More importantly, I see the fire of revival, the fire of the Spirit of God moving from this church to touch every nation on this continent. There's coming a day by the very special grace of God, when people will come from all over Africa, especially pastors, to attend our pastors' conferences here. And there's coming a day when people are going to fly from every continent of the earth to attend our conferences. 
something has moved in the spirit realm. Heaven's focus is not only in the western world now. Heaven's focus is on Africa and on Nigeria specifically. Our church has a strategic place. It, it will be worth the while in your life to invest your life in the ministry of this church and be part of us. God will bless you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. One of the testimonies we had this morning, brother was sharing with us how God blessed him at the night of destiny. And he says, this morning the Lord blessed him with a thousand naira and he believes that's a sign. I believe so too. Because August, like the Lord laid on my heart, is your month of financial success. If you believe that with me, say amen. Amen. Last year, the Lord asked us to make powerful commitments. It was in October. Powerful commitments because he said, this Star Christian that was about to change. And he said, whom we were then had to die for a new us to be born. Because the old day star would die, a new one would be born. And we sold, we invested, we made commitments. And the Lord said, that in a year's time some people were going to be a hundred times their size as at October last year and now I have a quickening in my spirit that between now and October powerful things are happening in people's finances Ah, I thought you would say amen I believe that with all of my heart all of my heart so all through this, in fact, beginning from today, I'm going to, by God's grace, teach on finances till the Holy Spirit says stop. <laughs> Amen. I'll teach Sunday, I'll teach Wednesday, because I always like it. When he speaks, I know something is about to happen. One word from God can turn your life around. Hallelujah. So I know the best thing for us to do is to plug into it. Plug into it. It's going to be a somersault, spiritual somersault in your finances. If you just follow carefully what God has to say and the leading of the Holy Spirit and we walk on in obedience, something remarkable, remarkably powerful is happening. So I'll just start off today. We have, till Jesus comes to teach on it. So I'll just start today, amen. And wherever we get to, we stop and continue the next time. Praise God. I'll encourage, don't miss any service Sunday or Wednesday because interestingly, the whole thing we have to say may not be what will bless you. It may be just one sentence, just one word that will be yours, that will, you know, ignite your heart with fire. You'll be sure this is heaven speaking to my heart. Don't miss any service. More importantly, as soon as we're through with the services, book for the tapes because these are things you need to hear over and over and over. One other thing I'll ask you to do, the major scourge that the devil is using to afflict Africa is poverty. Poverty. Grinding poverty. Ooh. Get the tapes from these teachings so into the life of someone that you want God to touch. Amen. Let that be our ministry. At least one tape this month. Make an investment in someone's life. At least one tape this month to invest in the life of someone you love enough that you want God to touch and bless. Let that be your ministry. Let that be part of Daystar's ministry outside this month. 
let's sow tapes all over this city. Sow tapes into people's lives, especially from these month's teachings. God will bring a harvest into our lives. In Jesus' name. Financial success. Hallelujah. Let's start from Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. All of us are going to read together. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. Are you there? Let's go. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Shall we pray? Lord, thank you. You are the one who gives the power to get wealth. In this service this morning, let the power drop. Let the power come. Let the power rest on us. Lord, let us taste what spiritual power can do to our finances. This month of August, thank you for a supernatural turnaround. Lord, as we share your word this morning, let every curse of poverty under the sound of my voice be broken. In the name of Jesus, ancestral curses are broken. Buried under the blood of Jesus. Lord, everyone whose financial destiny has been sealed in the region of darkness, Lord, we take their destinies from the hand of the devil this morning and turn those destinies around by the power in your word. Take the glory in Jesus' name. Someone say amen. Amen. Spiritual power. That's the topic we're addressing today. That's our starting point. Spiritual power. Deuteronomy 8.18 You shall remember the Lord your God. It is he that gives you power to get wealth. It is he that gives you power to get wealth. Wealth flows in the direction of spiritual power. I mean, if we have that at the back of our minds, it will bless us so much. Money flows in the direction of spiritual power. That verse doesn't say it is God that gives the wealth. It says it's God that gives you power so you can get the wealth. Because once you have the power and you put the other conditions in place, the wealth comes. Money knows where to go. It flows in the direction. Now, this would just about be the summary of everything we're going to share on finances. Money flows in the direction of spiritual power and ideas. Spiritual ideas. Money knows where to go. I was studying this passage of scripture a few years ago. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, this is where most people get it wrong. Some say, oh there, if I just had the capital, the reason why I'm not starting the business, the reason why I'm not making a headway is because I don't have the capital. Oh, if I just had the capital. And the Lord said, if capital was the most important thing you needed, I would have written that it is God that gave it the capital to get wealth. 
Say some say that their problem is lack of connection. Oh, I don't have connection. I don't have connection. If only I had the connection. If only I knew someone in the federal ministry of this and that and all of that. And he said to me, if connection was the most important thing you needed to get wealth, then I would have written there, it is God that gives the connection to get wealth. He said, but the truth that my people need to realize is the fact that money or wealth flows in the direction of power. The capital flows in the direction of power. The connection flows in the direction of power. If you have the power, you don't lack capital, you don't lack the connection. I was so shocked. I asked the Lord for confirmation because the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Now it's so interesting. Some people in the church know this fact even more than some people in the church do. They know it takes power. That's why they have all kinds of babas that they run to in the bush or in the village. Luke chapter 10 from verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. When you look closely at that verse, you'll be surprised that Jesus would send out his associates to minister in villages and towns and cities but he would refuse to give them a dime with which to do ministry work. He didn't give them anything. And then, he now told them not to take anything along. No extra clothes, no extra shoes. He says, don't even carry your money bag. Don't carry any purse. I asked myself, if I was the one to do that to an associate today, wouldn't they call me wicked? How do you send people out to do ministry work? No microphone, no loudspeaker, nothing, not a dime. Now they're about to take the, the small money they have in savings. You said, no, don't take any pulse, no extra clothes, no extra shoe, nothing. And that was when I realized that he gave them something else. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. Matthew 10 and verse 1. Where he did just about the same thing with the 12 disciples. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. The Bible says. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him. He gave them power. Over unclean spirits. To cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. If you jump to verse 9, 
Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belt, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. I was when the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, listen, I didn't give them money, I didn't give them anything else, but I gave them power. And then he said, I knew that as long as they had the power, the wealth would flow in their direction. Check Luke 22 verse 35 with me. Luke 22 and verse 35. Luke chapter 22 and verse 35. Just a testimony and a confirmation. Luke 22 verse 35. And he said to them, When I sent you without money bag, knapsack and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said what? Nothing. We lacked nothing. Therefore, it's very conclusive. When he sent them out, he gave them power. He didn't give them anything. Told them not to even take their purses along. They didn't take gold. They didn't take silver. But the Bible says they lack nothing. If you don't lack spiritual power, you can't lack material things. Because they were designed to follow spiritual power. The psalmist said in Psalm 23 verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall what? I shall not want. I shall not want. And he gives part of his secret. In verse 5, Thou preparest table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with what? Oil. My cup does what? Run it over. Then he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. If you have the power, you will have the means. If you have the power, you will have... Even the devil understands that. So, the devil gives wealth to people. That's the plain truth. The devil gives wealth to people. There are people today who join cults. I'm sure you know the problem of cults we have in the universities is simply just an extension of the problem in the society. Am I right? Now, the federal government has given ultimatum to the universities to wipe out cultism. And I wish that the, <laughs> the first ultimatum came to the federal government itself to wipe out occultism in the country. Uh-huh, it's just an offshoot. But the truth is that there are people who serve the devil and the devil gives them wealth. That's the truth. It's not everyone who is a sinner or everyone who serves the devil that the devil blesses with money. There are realms you have to get into in the devil before he can even give you the wealth. You've got to get the power. You've got to get the power. Jesus never lacked material things. Why? He had the power. He he didn't have to have a bank account. It's not like he stacked up money so much somewhere. No. He was so secure that he would never lack. As long as he had the power, he could never have lacked. Never. Never. Why? With spiritual power, whatever the little you have, God turns into the avenue to give you supplies. What the devil has made your problem is what, the, is what God turns into your opportunity. Five loaves and two fishes with Christ. 
it became abundance. Why? Spiritual power was the issue. Listen. Your pores may dry up, but heaven will never dry up. As long as heaven does not dry up, if the power of heaven is in your life, then the wealth and the resources of heaven will find a way to come into your life. The wealth of heaven flows through the power of heaven and flows through the wisdom or ideas of heaven. It's very important. Therefore, let's go for spiritual power. It's God who gives you power to get the wealth. There's no point hustling after the wealth if we have not gotten the power. Let's go for the power. Let's go. I found that even human beings gravitate in the direction of power. Am I right? You didn't say yes. We move in the direction of power. As long as the power was on Christ, he didn't like the crowds. They'll be there. First Friday of every month, thousands of people leave this city and move into the bush, kilometer 46 on the expressway, to sit on benches, under sheds, in the open forest, where the mosquitoes, they are not ordinary. Those ones bite trees. By the time they plunge it in, <laughs> it's a different experience altogether. But all the same, people go in public transport, they go in their own cars. At that point, you don't even care who is a manager in a bank or who is or who is a trailer driver. Everybody graduates that why? Power. The spiritual power there. Even human beings move in the direction of power. So let's get the power. In Luke chapter 5, verse 4, Jesus showed up. There were fishermen there at the riverbank. They had toiled all night. They caught nothing. Jesus turned to Peter in Luke 5 verse 4. Launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. Peter said, Master, we have toiled all night. We caught nothing. He said, nevertheless, at thy word. Peter moves in, throws the net. The fish rushed into Peter's net. Peter almost fell overboard. The, the fish were going to pull him inside the water. He said, what? He cried out to his friends. They came. They helped him. Pulled the thing in. They threw their own net. Pulled it in. All the boats were sinking. In the very place where they had tried all night and caught nothing. Why didn't they catch fish? Listen. The fact that you are not getting the money or the wealth does not mean it's not there. Don't ever join anybody to say there's no money in this country. There's... There is serious money. It's just that the money knows where it's supposed to go. Hallelujah. And it's God that designed it. So it knows where it is supposed to go. It obeys certain laws. The fish rushed into Peter's net. The very place where he failed before, he now had resounding success. The very place where he, he could not catch a single fish, not just him, all the fishermen. And his failure was public because in the morning, early in the morning, market women from the village will always come to buy fish from them and go sell to the people in the town. And that day the market people came, there was not a single fish to be sold. The, these fishermen were discouraged. And then Jehovah Jireh himself walked and said, Peter, I know the training they gave you was that it's normal that you should catch fish during the night when the water surface is cool and the fish can swim towards the water surface and then you even get their attention better by holding torches with fire burning on them. The light becomes an attraction. 
the fish moves towards them. Then you throw the net. You tried all those principles. Listen to me. Principles are good and powerful. But outside of the power of God running through those principles, they are useless. The law of electricity and magnetism is there. But if there is no current running through this thing, all those bulbs will be dead. All the principles you know, faith, confession, uh, sowing and reaping, all of them come alive when spiritual power surges through them. Hallelujah. It's power. Jesus released the power on Peter. The fish rushed towards him. So there are fishes waiting. There is, too mo- there is more than enough waiting for you to enjoy in this life. God created more than you would ever need in this life. But wealth will find you. This month, the reason why God is moving us into these teachings is because the wealth in this city will begin to flow in your direction. The wealth in this nation will begin to flow in your direction. Your own time has arrived. Amen. It's very important. Very important. You need to know this. Jesus called the devil Mammon. Mammon. The God of riches. You need to understand that there are always territorial spirits that lay claim and control to money wherever you go on the face of the earth. Jesus said, the gates, he said, on this rock I will build my church, Mark 16, 18. And the gates of hell shall not what prevail against it. I had to do a research. What is the gate of hell? The disciples of Jesus did not ask him any question, which meant that they must have understood what he was talking about. What's the gate? So I went into the Old Testament. What was the, the basic Israelites, the, the average Israelites understanding of a gate? That was when I found out from various passages in scripture. God told Abraham in Genesis 22, your seed will speak with the enemies at the gate. I said, wow. Deuteronomy 22 from verse 15. I read there, Moses was teaching Israel, if a man marries a woman and finds there's something wrong with her, he doesn't want to marry her anymore, he should take her to the elders at the gate of the city. I checked some other passages of scripture, several of them, like one other good one is Proverbs 31 verse 23, where the Bible talks about the virtuous woman. The Bible says her husband is known in the gate where he seated among the elders of the land. I came to the clear-cut conclusion from scriptures that the gate in Israel was the place where the elders of the city sat down and made decisions that affected the city. When Jesus said the gates of hell, he was simply saying, talking about the decision-making bodies in hell. The devils, listen, I found this out. In every city, in every nation, in every continent, the devil lays claim to the world. And there are demons, principalities, powers, demonic spirits that the devil puts in charge of the money. The reason why the courts can give some people money and wealth is because the devil lays claim and control over some of the wealth. The Christian has to understand that. You need superior power to overpower the devil and release what God has ordained and destined for you. The good news about Lagos is this. The original elders that God ordained for this earth are human beings. Adam was the God of this world. He was the elder sitting at the gate of the whole earth. And the devil came, tripped him into sin and took the power and authority from him. But now the original elders have come. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. So we can get our authority and power back. Hallelujah. 
So wherever Christians are, the devil, the devils and the demons move out of the gate because those things were created for us. I thought someone would say, Amen. <laughs> These are the elders in the gate of Lagos. You need to understand that. Unbelievers themselves know some of them do. Some of them do. Listen. If you watch some of some buildings so, so, so owned by some wealthy business people in Lagos, don't you see images in front of them? They don't hide the source of their wealth. Several years ago when I noticed that they put those statues, those things, those three <laughs> things, you know, at the toll gate, when I saw them there, and the people who built them there did not try to pretend at all. It's only cult people who dress like that. They didn't try to hide what they were saying at all. They were simply laying claim to the city. And they put those statues right at the gate at the entrance of the city. When you are coming into Lagos, please know that this city is controlled by these people. If you want to be blessed in this city, submit to them. And therefore, I made up my mind. Every time I passed by the place, I would curse them. I would curse them in the name of Jesus. Even though you are spiritual beings in control of this city, thank God you have physical representatives there. Through your physical representatives, I curse you. And I tell you, the power, your power and control over this city is broken. In the name of Jesus, I've come into the city to take my possession in the name of Jesus Christ. I was excited the day I had the announcement that the Federal Ministry of Works had decided to remove the toll gate of Lagos from that spot. I celebrated it and rejoiced. Hallelujah. If they won't remove you, God has carried the gate away from the place. Hallelujah. The gate is now where? Inside the church. And where the elders sitting at the gate. Hallelujah. This is the place where the decision is made on what happens in the city. It was at the city, it's at the gates of hell that they decide who will be sick. How many people will die of cancer? How many will die of hand robbery? That's where they decide. But now the decisions of hell are losing control over your life. That's where, have you gotten to realize that the devil gives this power to whomsoever he wants to give it to? Have you come to realize there are family names associated with specific areas of business in Nigeria now? It's changing hands. I said it's changing hands. People who will control different areas of business in this country are coming right from inside the church. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Until we came on the scene, the devil could have a heyday. But now the real people that God had in mind for creating the world have arrived. And we have a right to challenge the devil because he's lost control over our lives. We've been delivered from the power of darkness. Colossians 1.13 says, And transferred into the kingdom of God's their son. And whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our what? Faith. First John 5.14 So the original elders have arrived. Power is changing hands. I said power is changing hands. You watch out. In every sphere in this country, believers are taking over. We're rising right up there to the top. In Jesus' mighty name. Alright. Let's discuss very quickly your access to the power. Access to spiritual power. This is very important. How do you get it? The first thing I like to mention is the blood covenant. The blood covenant. Your access to spiritual power. Even the devil knows that. The blood covenant. 
In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sinned, fell short of the glory of God. God comes into the garden. The Bible tells us they went to hide and they caught leaves and they were trying to sow the leaves and to cover their nakedness with the leaves. The Bible tells us that God killed some animals and put the skin over them. Today we understand better that what God was doing then was that he was teaching Adam and Eve how to get their sins covered so that God could still reach out and bless them. He was teaching them the blood covenant. A covenant is simply a contractual agreement that is legally binding. Now, a blood covenant is the highest form of agreement known to God and man. The highest form of agreement. A blood covenant is the highest form of agreement. And it's God himself that taught human beings to make blood covenants. God was teaching Adam and Eve how to slice the throat of animals and shed their blood as a sacrifice for a covering for their own sins. Because without blood, there's no remission of sins. For proof, Adam and Eve gave birth to two sons, Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. One day the two of them came and offered sacrifices to God. Cain offered farm produce. Abel offered animals. God rejected Cain's sacrifice, accepted Abel's sacrifice. And for a long time, I wondered, why? Why? At first, they said, well, God just chose to do it. I said, ah, how can he just choose to do like that? We would be, we'll be confused. What did the young man do wrong? Cain entered into an argument with God. And God spoke to Cain. You know what you are supposed to do. If you do the right thing, you will be accepted. But if you don't do the right thing, sin is lying at your door. God is just and very fair. I found out the difference was this. Cain offered farm produce. Can you imagine a man offering yam and cassava and beans on the altar before God? He put the fire to it. God rejected it. Why? There was no blood in it. No blood. He accepted Abel's sacrifice because there was blood there. Please, remember Deuteronomy 8, 18 that we read. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. It is he that gives you what? Power to get wealth. That he may do what? Establish the covenant which he swear to your fathers. So the power to get wealth comes on the basis of a covenant. A covenant with God. In the blood covenant, if you enter into a blood covenant with a person, you are mixing your lives together. It's the highest form of commitment. It means our lives are now mingled together. Your life is my life, my life is your life. Whatever threatens me, threatens you. If you are blessed, I'm blessed. Whatever you have is mine whenever I need it. Whatever I have is yours whenever you need it. Almighty God taught man the blood covenant. And God was simply saying, this is the, only, this is the surest way to your blessing. Get connected with me by blood. And then whatever I have becomes yours. Whatever you have becomes mine. 
who will benefit from the arrangement? Uh, what do you have in the first place? And God says, whatever you have is his. Whatever he, he, he has is yours. But that's the surest means to being blessed. Materially and financially. The blood covenant. The blood covenant. The blood covenant. And now, thank God we don't have to kill animals anymore. Because First Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 says that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been slain on our behalf. The best blood that ever walked the face of this earth has already been shed on our behalf. He has established a covenant. He said, while taking the last supper, this wine is the new covenant in my blood. Hallelujah. If you are born again, you are connected with God by a blood covenant. You know what that means? All that you have belongs to God. All that God has belongs to you. You are wealthy. You may not even have offering to give in your pocket this morning, but if you are born again, you are very wealthy. Help me to look at someone close by and tell the person you are wealthy. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter what you have now or what you don't have now. You are very wealthy. All that God has belongs to you whenever you need it. That's the arrangement in the blood covenant. Exodus chapter 12. Come and see the day the covenant worked for some people. The day God moved Israel out of Egypt. Exodus 12. Exodus chapter 12. What happened that day? <clears throat> God sent Moses to the Israelites. Moses instructed them. On this particular day, every family should take a lamb, slice the throat, shed the blood, take the blood, splash it on the doorpost. The Lord said, I'm going to come through the land. I'll kill the firstborn in every family in Egypt. It happened. And, but then Moses had told them, the night that happens, all of you step out. Go and ask the Egyptians for their wealth. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 36. These people had been slaves for years. But in verse 36 of Exodus 12, sorry, Exodus 12, it says, and the Lord... Okay, let's read from verse 35. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses... And they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. Please, until that night, they were slaves. Until that night, they were paupers, slaves, living in slums, in the outskirts of the city. And in just one night, God turned a whole nation of Israelites into millionaires. Why? The blood. That night, the blood was shed. Those lambs that they slew were representative of Christ. They shed the blood, splashed the blood on their doorposts. The power of God came down on their behalf. 
God kills the firstborn in every family of the Egyptians, including the firstborn of Pharaoh the king. Then the Israelites marched out confidently and boldly. Because power shifted hands, wealth also changed hands same night. Whenever power changes hands, wealth changes hands. Now I told you occultic powers of evil are broken over this city, broken over different professions. Listen, the earlier you get to realize it, the better. The first set of people in this country to move into some professions were occultic people. It's a plain truth. Medicine, legal profession, stockbroking, different areas of business. Occultic people. The plain truth is they decide the prices of our goods at the meeting, at the court meeting. It's the truth. And some of them stand there to wreck anybody who wants to come into the same area of business who does not join the court. We've had Christians in this city whom their bosses, MDCEOs, told you should step into this position but I can't give you until you join our court. That's a reality in Nigeria now. Listen. We won't join courts. How do they join courts? Blood. They slice your hand. You let the blood drop into some, bo- uh, some glass of palm wine. They mix it. You drink it. You pronounce blessings on yourself. If you abide by the rules of the cult, pronounce curses if you break the rules. That's how they join the cult. But the blood of Jesus is superior to any blood they use in any cult. They kill human beings as sacrifices. In Lagos, only God knows how many people they kill every week. They steal prostitutes off the street. Some, some have to sacrifice their family members. But the blood of Jesus is superior. Any wealth they got by occultic means is changing hands. If the power changes hands, the wealth will change hands. In one night, God turned all those Israelites into millionaires. For years, the Egyptians had refused to pay them. Pharaoh used them to build cities and monuments for himself. In one day, God made Pharaoh to pay back everything he had stolen from these people. Restoration is coming to the church. Power is shifting hands in Jesus' name. It's a young man I prayed with a few years back. He told me his experience. He's looking for money. They took him to Wambaba in a village of uh, the expressway. Got to the vill- they had to trek to the village. Now, from the village, the Baba now told them to trek to the next village to buy rams. They bought the rams. You had to carry, <laughs> each person had to carry the ram on his neck back to the village where the Baba was. And now they made them sit down and slaughtered the ram over their heads and the blood flowed down. Satan is a liar. He didn't get money. So he came back to the church. (laughs) Hallelujah. So the blood covenant is your key to wealth. Your access to this power. Since wealth follows the power and you are born again and the blood of Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24 and 25, the Bible talks about the blood of Jesus that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. If the blood of Abel was accepted, then the blood of Jesus is accepted on your behalf. And this blood is speaking mercy on your behalf, speaking restoration, speaking powerful breakthroughs in Jesus' name. Some of those unbelievers get the money, they are afraid to ride fine cars around the city because they think a witch is after them. But if you get yours by the blood of Jesus, there's no witch anywhere that can hurt you. 
because you are riding a fine car around the town. Someone say amen with me. I should just mention this. There's only, you have a condition if you are in a blood covenant with God. One condition. Remember, all that belongs to you belongs. That's where many Christians fail. Genesis 22. Maybe, first of all, let's read about Abraham. I'll close on these and then we'll continue next time. Um, Genesis 14. Let's read Genesis chapter 14. See something interesting here. Abraham was in a covenant with God. Abraham was in a covenant with God, but he stayed true to this covenant. Genesis chapter 14. Some raiders came. Stole Lot, Abraham's nephew, his wife, his goods, everything, carried them away. Lot, uh, Abraham came back home, heard what happened, took his trained servants, pursued those people, recovered Lot and his wives and all their goods. Let's read from verse 16. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh, that is, the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of Chedolauma, and the kings were with him. Verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him. That is, he blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, that's Abraham, gave him a tithe of all. This is a very spiritual passage of the Bible, powerful passage of the scriptures. In the first place, in the book of Hebrews, Melchizedek, we have an explanation of whom Melchizedek was. The Bible says he had neither father nor mother. The Bible says here that he was the king of Salem. Salem means peace. He was the king of peace. Had neither father nor mother. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. High priest after the order of Melchizedek. Bible scholars have come to agree. There is no human being on the face of the heart who, had, who has neither father nor mother. None. Did this man drop from heaven? Did he drop from space? It is believed that this is one of Christ's manifestations before he was born into this world. Now, Melchizedek, this high priest of the Most High God, Approaches Abraham as Abraham is coming back from the battlefront with all the human beings and goods and everything. He met Abraham. And the Bible says, tells us what he took to Abraham. He took what? Bread. And what? Wine. Why? Why? The bread and the wine is what we eat at the communion table. And they are symbolic of the covenant. Remember, my body is broken for you. This wine is the new covenant in my blood.
Melchizedek went back to Abraham. The reason why you didn't lose this battle was not because you had powerful military guys. You are in a covenant with God so you can't die. God fought on your behalf. Let's reestablish this covenant here. Abraham took the bread. He had communion that day. Took the blood of the covenant that he had with God. But Abraham also did something. He did what? He gave him what? Give him tithe. The payment of tithe is not the pastor's idea. It's a covenant requirement. You lose your spiritual authority when you don't pay tithe. You open yourself up, especially with respect to material blessings, you open yourself up to be dominated by the devil. The power leaves you. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi 3. A lot of people think when the pastor talks about tight, 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 they think it's just because the pastor wants to collect their money and have a good... You remember, there was a brother who shared a testimony here once. Said he was finding it difficult to pay his tight. And then he came here. And I said, interestingly in that service, I'm going to ride a jet. He said, aha... I won't pay tight. He wants to use my money to ride jet. <laughs> Until God got across to him and let him realize you don't pay tight because of the pastor. You pay tight for your own sake. You don't pay tight for the sake of the church. You pay tight for your own sake to maintain your spiritual authority. Malachi chapter 3 from verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Verse 9, you are cursed with a curse. And a curse is a spiritual power or force that is dominating. You are cursed with a curse, he says, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. And pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. 11. And I will rebuke the devourer. And that's the devil. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 12. And all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Oh there, I said hallelujah. Are you guilty? Maybe someone is guilty. I said hallelujah. (laughs) You know what God is explaining here? You rob yourself of your spiritual authority when you don't pay tight. If you don't keep the terms of the covenant, God is not under obligation to keep the terms of the covenant. And the blood covenant is your access to power. It is God who gives you power to get well that he may establish the covenant. Anyone who argues out this issue of the payment of tithes and offerings is already arguing out his spiritual authority. That's where the issue is. I've been paying tithes now over a decade. I've never had a better last year. Never. Never. I started paying tithes. My income as a student was 10 naira per week. I was paying tithes of 1 naira. Someone says the excuse... It's because the money is not enough. How will it ever get enough if God doesn't step in? 
The money can never be, it's not never supposed to be enough for you to pay tithe. The tithe is supposed to be the first thing you remove. That's the mistake many people make. Proverbs 3 verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. If you read the Bible very well, God says the tithe is not a gift from you to me, it's my property. It's mine. It's holy. That's why God said in Malachi 3, you are robbing me. We can't be in a covenant together and you'll be robbing me. You're robbing me. And we're supposed to be in a covenant. All that you have is supposed to be mine. All that I have is supposed to be yours. And you are robbing me. Malachi, uh, sorry, Genesis 22, God says, Abraham, let's give you a test. All I want is your son. Abraham did not argue. Why? They were in an agreement. All that belongs to me belongs to you. All that belongs to you belongs to me. He passed the test, gave his son. God said, take the boy back. It's not the boy I want. It's just a commitment to the covenant I want to test. Now, listen to me. By myself, I swear in blessing, I bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. There's someone here this morning who needs to be restored back in their finances. You've lost your spiritual authority with respect to finances by not paying tithes. But today, there's restoration. I said there's restoration. I told you our finances are some assaulting. Some assaulting forward. One of our pastors was sharing with me a testimony last Sunday. He said, I increased my, the percentage of my tithes from 10%. He said it has been sweet. It's never been as good as this before. He said, in fact, I'm planning now to increase it again. Hallelujah. When you have tried it, because God is forever faithful, you won't need a pastor to preach to you again. Because it is very sweet. Hallelujah. This is where our spiritual authority comes from. Let me have this, finally. If you have spiritual power, then you have a right to tell the devil to take his hands off your finances. That's what we're going to do in prayer now in a few minutes. Satan is laying claim to the blessings God has positioned in this city for you. Even Jesus, he told him, all these kingdoms of the world that you see, everything has been given to me. I give it to anybody I like. Luke chapter 4, verses 7 to 8. Can you imagine the devil saying that to Jesus? Everything has been given to me. I give it to anybody I like. Today, you will tell the devil, take your hand off my money. Take your hand off my words. I didn't come to Lagos to be a pauper. God positioned me here. I have an inheritance in this city. I have a portion in this city. Devil, take your hand off my words. You can't take what belongs to me and give it to idol worshippers. You can't give it to occultic people. It's mine. Are you ready? <laughs> I said, are you ready? You know what? You have to make up your mind that you are either going to get this thing by the devil or you are going to get it by God. Now, if you are not going to get it through occultic means, then you have to get it through God. And you have to make up your mind you are getting I woke up one morning. I was trusting God for some amount of money. I woke up one morning and I was just angry. I just found out in my spirit I was angry. I had written that amount on the wall for a few months. Nothing was happening. I woke up that day. I felt angry. So I began to pray. Devil, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I break your hold over this amount of money. I break your power. I break your control. In the name of Jesus, release that money now. I prayed like that for about an hour until I felt peace that something had happened. Took my bath. I was about to step out when the Holy Spirit just advised me to visit someone on the way to the office. I got there. I got the money. I said to hell with the devil. Oh, why didn't I do this earlier? 
Hallelujah. Rise up to your feet. That's what we want to do now. Amen. There are powerful things in store for you in this city. How many people believe God is going to prosper them in this city? I mean, you really believe who? I mean, you believe you will prosper in this city. You didn't come to count the number of bridges in this city. Amen. You came here to be blessed by God. Wave your hand to the Lord and thank Him. Hallelujah. Thank Him in the first place. Because He says we are stepping into those dimensions now of blessing. We give you glory, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. All of us think about money every day. We talk about it in church. Some people are hungry. What for? If God is interested in our lives, then He's got to talk about it. He wants to bless us. In the first place, He didn't create it for the devil's crowd. Every good thing in this world was created for the children of God. Hallelujah. Now go ahead and plead the blood of Jesus on yourself. That's the blood of the covenant that entitles you to God's blessings. Say, Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary on my behalf. I approach the throne of grace by that blood this morning. Lord, I approach your throne by that, by that blood this morning. I approach your throne by that blood. Revelation 12:11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Oh, Jesus, we give you praise. Jesus, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. The devil has no right giving his children wealth in this city until the children of God are blessed. Yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, Father, Lord, I proclaim this blood that was shed on Calvary's cross on my family, on my business, on my finances, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yes, Lord, this blood that was shed on Calvary's cross was shed on my behalf so that I don't have to enter any cults today, so that I don't have to shed my own blood, so that I don't have to shed the blood of animals. The blood... We believe that the wonders of the Word of God have begun. You are destined to succeed. You will succeed. For additional tapes, CDs and books, please contact us through the address on this CD. God bless you.